the Lord Serve City fam. Here I am in our auditorium and I'm excited to be able to bring to you our bonus track uh, of the Melodies from Heaven series. Listen, again, just want to shout out and celebrate all the amazing speakers who shared the word during this series. And I'm excited to cap it off, if you will, uh, with this bonus track, one of my favorite hymns on earth. And I, I'm a hymnal, so like I love hymns, I love the richness, the depth, especially theologically that um, they espouse. And, you know, and so this is one of them that I that I think is extremely potent, if you will. Oh, how I love Jesus. And the chorus goes, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. And three times for emphasis. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Uh, so if you will, go ahead, turn with me to Romans chapter five. What book did I say? Romans chapter five and I want to read from verse six and if you will I want you to join me join me Romans chapter five verse six Bible says for while we were still weak everybody say weak while we were still weak at the right time Christ died for the ungodly calling us ungodly for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would even dare to die. Verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners. Hey, my, this is preaching all by itself. Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God showed his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray. And jump in. I'm going to share a few thoughts with you uh, on this long weekend that I believe will be impactful for your soul and will focus and position your heart to really be in awe of our amazing Savior. Bow your heads. I thank you so much, God, for this incredible song, and I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share your word. I pray, Lord God, that your power would attend me even as I declare your word, that your truth would leave my lips in such a potent manner that it will impact those who hear it, and that, Holy Spirit, you would imbue them with power to be able to live out that which they hear. I thank you, Lord, for the churches all around our city, all around the greater Toronto area that are declaring your gospel. I thank you, Lord God, for all the churches around the nation of Canada and the nations of the world. Wherever your gospel is preached, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would work and draw people onto Jesus for the glory of God. And we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Let everybody say, Amen. Amen. Here we go. Oh, how I love Jesus. Now, I'll never forget, man. I was watching, I was watching this, uh, this, this YouTube video. I don't know how many of you guys get trapped in YouTube videos, you know, and for me, it's crazy because I'll open it up and right there on the front page, there's like 10 things that I want to watch. Like, it's like they know me. Consequently, I preached about this not too long ago, uh, you know, but they will present stuff that they know you want. So I'll go and I'm like, man, I'm looking for this. And then I'm like, man, I want to see that praying mantis fight that tarantula. And so then I have to open another window and I go to YouTube and then it will pop up and show me like 
three other things. I'm like, man, I got to see this too. Boom. And then I got to open another one. But I'll never forget one time I went and I was there and I saw a video. And the video was of a man who was waking up out of a coma after he was in a coma for months. And for the first time, he saw his wife and he did not realize or remember that this was his wife. And so his wife had been caring for him, had been coming consistently to take care of him while he was out for all of that time. And you should have seen this guy's face. Maybe some of you have already seen the video I'm talking about. But it was nuts because watching this, he's waking up, he's seeing his wife, and he is in tears. He, the, the, the love and the emotion that he is expressing uh, in regards to his wife. He's like, you're my wife? You are so beautiful. You mean you're, you're actually my wife? I get to be married to you? You love... You, you love me? And he's, start, he's going off. And then he goes into expressing consequently when he realizes what she has done for him, when he realizes uh, how beautiful she is, you know, after he has, he has woken up from being in this coma. His response is love and awe and emotion and all of this around the fact that this beautiful woman who was caring for him, this beautiful woman was caring for him while he was out, when he was incapacitated, when he was incapable of being able to care for himself. Man, I feel this preach creeping up. The preach bus is coming too early, uh, but I think I might just have to go ahead and jump on because the fact of the matter is that his love for her, my God, was based upon the fact that she was loving on him even before and while he was unable to be able to demonstrate love or reciprocate this love towards her. My God. And so this is powerful. You're saying, what does this have to do with anything? It reminds me of the fact that when we sing this hymn, Oh, how I love Jesus. Yeah. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. That part right there, my God. Yo, we often, watch this, we, we, we focus. Yes, our love for God is great. And we make songs about the, the love that we have for God, but, but the fact of the matter is, and just like the songwriter, we emphasize it time and time again. We write songs like, I love you, Jesus. Remember, I worship and adore you. All of these songs expressing our love for God. But I love, I love the fact that Frederick Whitfield, when he wrote this song in 1855, he says, yes, we love Jesus. Yes, we love Jesus. Oh, it's something to sing about. Yes, we love Jesus. But he puts at the substratum because he first 
loved me. My, my, I want to talk to somebody today because it reminds me, uh, if I could just preach it like I feel it, the fact of the matter is uh, that we write these songs and oftentimes our love for God becomes our focal point. Watch this. Our love for God becomes our focal point. And, and, and yes, you love God. Praise God if you love God. Lots of people talk about their love for God, but God's intention and even this gospel that we sing about and that we declare, it's not about boasting in our love for God, come on, but it's boasting in God's love for us, my God, that when it is that we realize that we were, watch this, sinners sinking deep in sin, far from a peaceful shore. I love how Paul says it. Yeah, we talked about what he said in Romans chapter 5, but I love how he talks about it when he talks to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 2. And he says in chapter 2 verse 1, and when you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the, the air, the spirit that is at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body. Notice he says, when you are dead, I told you a story about someone being unconscious, someone being in a coma and coming to and realizing how lovely his wife was, how lovely the things that she did for him were while he was out. Come on. But this text says we were dead in sins and trespasses. And I love it. But then watch this. Verse 4 says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love, there it is again, with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved. Oh my, I haven't been in this pulpit in a while and I feel this preach to let somebody know that God's love for you and for me precedes any love that we can have for him. And I don't have any cute points for you today, but I want you to understand and realize this because this takes, this burst, the hot air balloon of the heads of people who think that their works, come on, and their boasting ought to be in their love for God and you got folk that are so sanctimonious and run around like they doing Jesus a favor because of how much they love Jesus come on but how many of you know that the gospel is not about what hey what we can do for God but the gospel is about the fact that when we were dead in sins and trespasses that God hey the text said in Romans chapter 5, notice it said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Come on. He died for us when we were yet sinners. His love was exemplified to us. So I don't boast in my love for God. Yes, I love God and that's something to sing about. Oh, he's amazing. Oh, he's beautiful. But the reason I love God is because he first loved me. If he didn't love me enough to wake me up from my deathly slumber of sin, if he didn't love me enough to leave heaven, can I talk about 
about the gospel and put on this flesh, the confines of this earth suit. If he didn't love me enough to take a crown of 72 thorns in his head, if he didn't love me enough to be pierced in his heart sack to where water and blood came gushing out, come on, in my place, if he didn't love me enough to get up on a cross and let him hang him high and stretch him wide and hang his head and die, if he didn't love me enough to get up from that grave on the third day, come on somebody, before I could reciprocate, before I could write any cute songs and talk about my love for him, if he did not demonstrate his love towards me, I wouldn't have nan songs, not one song, not one boast, I wouldn't be able to talk about my love for him. Somebody that's grateful for God's love towards you and somebody that knows that you wouldn't have no love for God if he didn't love you first, you ought to put those hands together. Oh my, I can't wait till we can have some church in here. I want, you ought to put those hands together right there in your living room and your bedroom and open your your mouth and say thank you for your love hallelujah you ought to put that in the chat thank you for your love God thank you for your love and so that's the facts of the matter when he said I love him I love him I love Jesus but the reason I love him is because he first loved me so I can't boast in my love for him I can't boast in it because I wouldn't have it if he didn't give it to me but I don't want to only poop the party of the prideful if you will if I could be punctilious for a moment. But I also want to give some hope to the humble. I want to give some hope to someone who feels like, you know what? I don't love God enough. And you feel like you'll never measure up. And you feel like, see, this is the point of the gospel. It's meant to abase and to humble the prideful. But it's also meant to lift up those who are in a humble position of humility. There are many of you feel like, oh man, God couldn't love me. I got I to gotta do what I got to do because I got to earn my way. I got to earn my way to Jesus. Even for some of you, the reason why you have been unable to embrace God's love for you is because you feel like you got to do a whole bunch of stuff. Even professing Christians. I can't tell you how many people I talked to over these 16 years of pastoral ministry, meeting people, and they are in bondage. And they are always talking about what they need to do for God and what they need to do to earn God's approval. And I'm here to tell you today, God's desire is not for the focal point to be on what we can do for him. It's about what he has already done for us. I'm here to tell you this why Jesus says in Matthew 11:28, "Come on to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest." Watch this, the good news, the gospel, the euangelion is not about what we can do for God, but it's about us receiving and embracing and coming to a full knowledge and a deepened knowledge of God's love for us. And this is why you need to understand that the point and so there's nothing wrong with writing songs about how much we love God but the, our declaration of love for God ought to be based and founded on an understanding of God's love for us. Every day you ought to get up and you ought to thank God for his love for you. Come on. You ought to thank God. You ought to live. This thing ought to be the foundation. The love of God. This is a revelation for somebody today. I, I'm telling you, put down your plow. Come on. Put down your 
your pickaxe, put down your tools and your works that you've been trying to do to plow your way to God and to dig your way to God and to do all this thing. And some of you fasting your way to God this whole week that we just came out of, you were fasting out of a response to God's love for you to deepen your relationship with him. But you were fasting because you thought if you starve yourself and if you afflict yourself, then that's going to make you have favor with God. And now God's going to like you more if you fast and you starve and afflict yourself. That is the wrong motive. Come on. And there are many of us that are in that position where we are working. I'm telling you, put down your plow. Come on, somebody. Am I telling you to sit still and do nothing? No, I'm saying if you are working to try and earn God's approval and to earn God's love, come on, somebody, then you are wasting your time because no matter how much you work, no amount of works can plow yourself to God. No matter how you dig, you're not going to get to God's approval. No matter how you pickaxe, you're not going to get to God's approval. No matter how many ladders you build and you climb, you cannot work your way to God. Come on. Your works ought to be an outgrowth of a revelation of God's love for you, not because you're trying to work your way to get to God. This is why all these other religions are false. That's why the gospel is good news. The gospel is good news because it's not about what we can do to get to God. It's not about what we can boast in, but it's about us resting in the finished work of God. When I was growing up, my parents used to have like show beds and show, you know, dinner tables and all sorts of stuff that would be set out and that would be made. And there's something about it because if I would try to go and uh, recreate what they did, for some reason, I was just not able, maybe I'm the only one, I was unable to, to recreate it the way that they would do it. Come on, somebody. And that's the way that it is. There are many of us, you show up in the room and the bed has already been laid. Come on, by grace. God, before you even got there, already made the bed and, and has the pillows and, and set the table and has stuff in order and what we often do is we show up and we're like no Jesus and so we go and we pull out the covers and we go and we sit and then we try to make it and when we try to make it up and we try to put it back we do a horrible job because we you and I can never amount to what it is that Jesus did for us and that's not supposed to make you feel bad it's supposed to get you to the place where you recognize your incapability outside of God because God is here to call you to rest in him to put your trust in him to put your faith in him, to enjoy the table that's been spread, to enjoy the bed that's already been made. It's his desire for you to rest in him and not to be to the place where you are boasting in yourself and what you've done. And there are many of us that we got a resume of all the incredible things that we have done for God and all this stuff, you know, back in 1955. <laughs> I was a, you know, a coal porter. You don't know what a coal porter is. And I went out and I distributed, you know, all sorts of books and I sold Bibles and, you know, 300 people came to the Lord. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and just pump that thing? You know, my head needs to get a whole lot bigger because I look at all the amazing things that I do. And you know how people try to like sneak in those little uh, backhanded like insults or, or one-ups, you know? You'll be talking and be like, yeah, man, you know, I had an incredible day uh, today. You know, I preached the gospel and, and, uh, and, and three people people got saved, you know, uh, that's, you know, glory to God. And 
and somebody will come through and they'll be like, yeah, oh, that's amazing. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, like when I preached, uh, you know, three weeks ago and 100 people got saved, you know. <laughs> people will do this type of stuff because the idea is that we got this resume and we're boasting in the things that we have done for God. Come on, somebody. And the things that we have planned to do for God. When in actuality, God's desire is not for us to boast in the things that we do for him. Come on. It's not about what we can do for God, but it's what we do out of a relationship and out of a revelation of his love. And some of you, you're like, oh, this is basic, but you still don't get it. Some of y'all, the reason why, come on, your life is so complex is because you need to go back to the first things. You need to go back to the things that ought to be at the foundation. For many of us, your foundation is faulty. You need to go back to the love of God. Oh, that's easy. That's basic. We don't need to deal with that. You know, we need to focus on maturing folk. The reason why a lot of us are not mature is because we are built on sand. It's not till you understand and you receive and realize that there's no goodness in and of ourselves. Come on, that this declaration of I love Jesus, it ought to come from a revelation and a receiving, a reception of his love for us first. It's not until you grab this, come on, that what you're doing is even potent. Just because people are coming to the Lord because of what it is that you're doing doesn't mean that you have a relationship with Jesus. That's why Matthew chapter 7, it makes it clear that at the end of time, there are many people who are going to be like, Lord, we prophesied in your name. God, we cast out devils in your name. Come on, somebody. And he's ultimately going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Go read Matthew chapter 7. He talks about false prophets and people who have the appearance, but they do not have the heart. And this is where I believe that God is calling the church. Come on, serve city. Even as we get prepared to reopen here in the next couple weeks, even aside from all of that, the fact is that if you are going to be effective in life and ministry, you've got to get to the place where you return to the love of Christ. Many of us have departed from the love of Christ and we're now walking into works. Come on, you have it free and you're still working for it. You started working again. It's like God has given you the opportunity to retire in his love, but you decided to go back to work again. And I sense and hear, even if I can declare it, that God is calling the church back to their first love. God is calling us back to the place where we rest yet again in his love. Stop striving. I believe that we will shine bright in the midst of these dark times if and when we have decided to return to our first love, to look back at the cross. Come on. That's what this whole Melodies from Heaven series was about, was to call us to look at the cross, to get us to the place where we look at the empty tomb, which should point us to the beautiful Savior who loved us so much that now the declaration of our heart is, oh, Oh, how I love Jesus, but not I love Jesus because of what I've done for him, but oh, I love Jesus, and we declare it with emphasis, oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, in response.
to his amazing love for me. Oh my, we should spend more of our time boasting about God's amazing love. Can I talk about it? Than we do about our amazing love for him. We ought to spend more time talking about how we have a savior. Come on, Yahweh in flesh. This is why the Bible says that Jesus' name means Yahweh rescues. The most high God, Yahweh, decided that instead of leaving us stranded, that he would come in flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, comes to the earth and dies for our sins. That's something to boast about. Oh my, I can't boast in myself. Maybe I'm the only person that don't have it all together. I got to loosen my top button because I'm feeling this preach. Maybe I'm the only one that knew that before I came to Christ that I truly was dead. I had absolutely nothing to boast about. And it wasn't until I was made alive by Christ that now I can declare what a beautiful Savior it is. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus Christ, my Lord. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. My Jesus, I love thee. Come on, you know that one. I know that thou art mine. For thee, oh, a foretaste of sin, I resign. All these things I declare. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever, hey, I love thee. My Jesus, it's now. The only reason I can declare any of these things is because of his love for me. It's not that I can boast in my love for him in and of itself because my love for him is attached to his love for me. Come on, somebody. Somebody ought to give him praise yet again for his love for you. And I think about the Apostle Paul and I think about his story and his journey. How I speak about him often because I think about myself and he reminds me about myself on his way to kill those who name the name of Jesus. And he has a life transforming encounter with Jesus on Damascus Road. His life is never the same. But it happens because Jesus came running after him. Not because he went running after Jesus. I'm telling you, you look from cover to cover in this book. You will find people running away from God. But God is always in the position where he is running after man. I don't know who I'm talking to on this morning but there's someone you if you be real today you tuned into this broadcast you thought it was because your mama invited you or your cousin or somebody on Facebook you think that you saw the Instagram link by accident and you sense this love that I'm talking about just touching your heart why would God die for you Bible said in Romans chapter 5 for scarcely for a good person would someone die let alone dying for someone that's ungodly come on that's the beautiful love of God it don't make any sense it's nonsensical love because it don't fit in the context of our world today nobody dies for people who are bad nobody voluntarily says I want to die for you because you're a horrible person or because you insulted me or because you slapped my mama I'm not going to die for you if you insult my family or do harm to me but God says even though that is the case, like I always say, like Batman dying for Joker. He says, I'm going to come and die for a Joker like G. Andrew Beresford. 
I'm going to die for him and I'm going to rise from death. And so every time he feels like he is not worth it, every time he feels when he goes forward, when the devil tries to bring his past up, he's able to say, guess what, devil? Well, Jesus died for me. Can I talk to somebody that needs to know there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus? Because you might feel today and the devil's throwing stuff at you like look at your past and look at what you did. This is why we can say, I hear you, Second Corinthians. It's 517. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away and all things are coming new. I can declare this because of God's love for me while I was yet a sinner. I can't declare that. If my relationship with God is based upon what I do, because my past and even my present, can I just, is it okay for pastors to be honest? My present is too jacked up. My past is too jacked up for me to boast in anything. Even my righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags aside from God. And so I want to call somebody today, live from the focus of God's love for you and watch the difference. Declare, when you declare about your love for God, let it be first in response to God's love for you. I want to call and talk to somebody who's in a place where you feel like quitting and throwing in the towel because you're like, I'll never measure up. Yeah, you'll never measure up. That's the truth. We will never measure up, but God is not looking for you to. He's looking for you to rest in him. He's looking for you to put your trust in him. He's looking for you. Yes, even you saved person. That's like, oh, this is irrelevant to me because I'm saved and because I'm headed for heaven. Even you and I can move away from our focus being where it needs to be. You and I can move away from our focus being on the love of God. When we get to the place where we boast in our love for God, Instead of the focal point being on his love for us. And so the next time you walk into Christian, when you walk in to works and you start working for God, I encourage you to check your motive and check yourself and say, am I doing this to try and earn God's approval? Am I doing this to earn brownie points? Or am I doing this out of a response for God's love towards me? Am I doing this as a glory to God? And for those of you who are broken and who are out there and are like, man, I don't know this love you're talking about. I just gave up a long time ago when I realized I can't do anything. To I, I just can't amount. I, can, I can't be perfect. I can't. I want to call you and give you an opportunity and extend to you the greatest love gift that you have ever heard of. You will never find a love like this before. Y'all don't know that song. Uh, I'll get, let me bring it back to sanctify. But the fact of the matter is, there's no love like this love. It's a love that over 2,000 years ago, as I've been saying it, I'll say it again, because it's the most beautiful message that we can ever hear. While we were yet sinners, you and I, we all sinned. The Bible says, Romans 3.23, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I don't have to convince you. I don't even have to teach. When my daughter Claire, I mean, I didn't have to teach her to lie. I didn't have to teach her to steal. I didn't have to teach her to, 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 to fib and do all this stuff. She came out the womb ready, ready to drive us nuts. <laughs> 
she, she's, she's the cutest baby you'll ever meet in your life. But she came out ready and we didn't have to teach her nothing. Why? Because we are born. It is intrinsic. It is hereditary. Sin is in us. And from childhood, we always, from childhood, we start sinning. The Bible says we are estranged from the womb. In the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 3, it talks about there's no one who is righteous, not one person. And this positions us, Romans 6, 23, for death, because the wages of sin is death. And it's not just our works, it's not just the sins that we do, but the sin that's in us that separates us from God. And the punishment and the penalty is death. I don't have to convince you that people die. Look at what's happening all around us. But it's not just physical death, it's death also in hell. Hell is a place of separation from God for eternity. But the good news is that you and I do not have to go there. Here it is, and that's the point of this message. Roman, uh, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his son. That whoever believes in him, can I come back after this sabbatical preaching the gospel? Whoever believes in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things passed away. All things become new. God is drawing you to himself. For many of you, like that man I started with talking about coming up out of a coma, he didn't just bring you up out of a coma through his love. He has brought you to life. And you are in a place where you are hearing this message. And it's the most beautiful message that you've heard, this message about what God has done for you. And you're like, man, this is me. What an amazing God. Today is your day to respond to this incredible love gift. By putting your trust and faith in Jesus, giving your life to him, saying, God, I respond to this by putting my trust in you. I want you to be the Lord of my life, the king, the boss of my life. He's supposed to be anyway. He made you. He is the creator. And we screwed it up. Adam and Eve, our first parents, they disobeyed God and passed it down to us. And as a result, we're in this position, death, not only physically, but also in hell but if you bible says in romans 10 9 if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord if you're like jesus i want you to be the boss of my life and if you believe in your heart that god has raised him from death that he actually didn't stay dead but that he rose from death you would be saved you would be made new you can begin this relationship with god right now by just asking him by responding by responding to this gospel this love, responding, start with his love at the base and build from there. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's the best decision you ever made. And for the Christian, lay your tools down. I'm calling you out of your works. Hey, glory, come out of those works. Stop trying to work your way. I know they told you that you're not sanctified enough. I know they told you you got to speak in tongues your way into relationship with God. You got to give your way into relationship with God. If you're not giving enough, then you no, come out of all of that. I'm telling you, you'll give right when you stand on God's love. Oh my, you'll love people right when you stand on God's love. When you're standing on God's love and you're starting with God's love and you return for many of you that walked away and were cast and walked astray because of foolishness. 
when you start and you stand on God's love, all the other stuff will work itself out and everything else will get to where it needs to be. And so I call you back to your first love. Declare your love for God, but let it be founded on Him. And so if it's your first time today, or if, you're, if you've walked away, I'm here to tell you that even though you've walked away from God, He is so faithful that He's never walked away from you. His arms are still open wide, ready to receive you into fellowship today. And so this person is you, whether it's your first time or it's a recommitment. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want you to mean it with all your heart. And watch God save and for many transform your life. And so we say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. and For rising from death with all power. Come into my heart. Make me new. Be with me now and forevermore. And I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and celebrate God's love. Come on with me right where you are. Right where you are, celebrate his love. Let's give him glory for his love. Come on, for you, come on. Let's celebrate his love for you. Let's boast in his love. Let's glorify him. Glory to his holy name.